Welcome to HBCU Excellence, where we spotlight and tell the stories of prestigious historically black college graduates. So stay tuned and let's get ready. Hello everyone and welcome to another fabulous episode of HBCU Highlights, where we spotlight amazing HBCU alum. And when I say amazing, and when I think of amazing, I think about our next guest. She's truly amazing. You're going to love her. But before we do that, my name is Andrea Evans, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Deadwiler-Jones, and we have a multimedia producer and radio personality. When I think of growing up and listening to the radio, everybody has their favorite. And I have to tell you all, Leah Henry is Naya's favorite radio personality. And she's here with us today, and she's a Howard alum. Leah, welcome to HBCU Highlights. We are so happy to have you tonight. Thank you for having me. That was such a sweet introduction. Thank you for having me. This is so nice. I, I love my HBCU and HBCU love, so thank you for inviting me. Well, we know you love Howard University, and I'm sure when you grew up in Texas, you had a lot of options when it was time to go to college. So why did you choose to go to Howard University? Howard was the only option for me, though. Like, when I grew up and I, the first person, it was actually one of my friends, older cousins who went to Howard and was telling me about it. And he was just telling me about, you know, oh, it's the who's who's of black colleges. And, you know, I had grown up in the suburbs of Austin, Texas, and I just kind of felt like I had never been in a space where like the level of black excellence was so high. You know what I mean? I felt like, you know, there was a, the, the occasional smart black kids, right? Or the athletes, because in Texas sports is big, but you know, there was never just like this, this bar set high in my opinion, especially in the South for black excellence, right? Like you aren't even really addressing like, who you are as a black person or your identity and blackness that wasn't popular when i was in high school you know what i mean it was like fit in or you too ghetto you know what i mean there was no such thing as um black excellence growing up and so when i heard about howard i was like well i've never really been in an environment like that and if that's the best that's where i want to be and so uh i learned about howard probably like my sophomore year in college and that was the plan from then on it was just howard that's all i talked about that was uh, like i was one of the few people who knew pretty soon, like out the gate where I wanted to go. So it was a Howard or die mentality. So Leah, did you get a chance to visit Howard University prior to, you know, falling in love or was it, you know, friends or family that other than, you know, maybe, I don't even know. I mean, other than going online and researching and seeing all the beautiful faces, but tell us kind of really what, what sucked you in. So it's crazy. No, I did not go to campus. I did not even, um, get a chance to go. I just, I literally became obsessed. I went on YouTube. I, I Googled everything I could do. I read every book. I looked at every college book. And again, I think there was just a recurring theme about what Howard was and, you know, the type of people who go there, you know, the famous alum. And it was like, well, dang, like there's obviously a rich legacy there and I want to be a part of it. So, um, you know, most of my family stayed in Texas. I was kind of the first person to venture out so like there was nobody really in my immediate family who was just pressing it they were like where did this girl get this idea to go to this school why this school you know what I mean um because my mom went to a small HBCU in Texas called Howard Payne and so you know most of my family all went to school in Texas so there was really no like pioneer shall I say of people who were really leaving Texas in my family I was the first so it was just kind of that internet and looking at YouTube videos all day and just becoming more and more obsessed with what the legacy of Howard was. 
Well, Leah, I love it, you know, and I'm smiling, Ashley, because I think Leah may be one of our youngest HBCU highlight guests because everybody else, when we talk about why did you go to the college, it's from the Cosby Show. We didn't even have the internet, Leah, so when you say YouTube, it's amazing what you can find on YouTube, and so that's why Ashley and I have this platform because your story is going to inspire so many young students to possibly even attend Howard. Mm -hmm. So I think it's impressive that you have that HBCU legacy with your mom, and mm -hmm. then now you attended Howard University. So I hope it was everything that you thought it would be, but when you got there, was it everything you thought it was gonna be? And what did you major in while you were at Howard? So a lot of people don't know this about me. I, I did not get into Howard the first time. So I didn't get in. I went to a college in Connecticut called University of Bridgeport, which was, which was a PWI. And I went there because at the time I was playing soccer and my soccer coach had sent a bunch of letters and emails out to coaches um, at Division II schools for soccer. And that was one of the schools that got back to me. And so I responded. I got an academic scholarship there. And so when I did not get into Howard, um, that really adjusted my mindset about everything that I pursued. So, you know, I wasn't happy at that PWI. I wasn't happy at University of Bridgeport. I mean, within the first two weeks, I was like, this is not Howard. I didn't visit Howard, but I know this ain't Howard. Like, I know this is not where I was supposed to be. And so, you know, from going to that situation into Howard, it changed my whole demeanor about how I pursued and what, what my perception was. You know what I mean? When I got there, for me, it kind of turned on a different level of like, from this point forward, nobody will tell me no but me. You know what I mean? When I get back in this school, I'm pursuing it. When I went to the PWI, I majored actually in um, advertisement because, and this is dumb, but I, I majored in advertisement because in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'll just major in advertisement, I'll create the commercials, and then I'll I'll put myself as the star in all the commercials till it just breaks for me, right? And you know, because I was I was nervous about how inadequate I was about writing at at the time, and even looking at my um, essay to get into Howard when I was a senior in high school compared to when I was one year in college, it kind of cultivated my craft a little bit more. It made me realize how underdeveloped my writing skills were. And so once I got to Howard, that was the decision-making point where it was like, Leah, you need to be in broadcast journalism. You need to be pursuing the talent thing because that's what you want to do, right? Don't let your fear of writing you know, take away from what you feel like is your God-given destiny. Because people my whole life have always said, girl, if you was on TV, I would watch. Or, oh, you got a radio voice. And I would always be like, eh, okay. Um, and then, you know, it started to become to a point where it was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's like in alignment with what I'm supposed to do. But I was just so scared because I knew my writing wasn't up to par and I didn't want to come to Howard and fail and not be what, you know, again, the legacy and the pressure of going to an illustrious HBCU. I'm sure you, you all know being Spel Spelmanites, just like the, sometimes there's a weight that comes with the, the school you decide to go to. And so I was nervous. And so when I, when I ended up getting into Howard the second time, it, for me, it was go time. That was the moment where I was like, Leah, even if you're a horrible writer, you're going to get good. You're going to study. You're going to figure it out because this is what you're supposed to do. So my journey was a little bit different. So when I got to Howard, it, for me, it wasn't about like what I thought it was going to be, which it was everything that I thought it was going to be. But my mentality was totally different. And I think I needed that because I think for so many years, I had hovered on the thought of going to Howard and the partying and the culture and being a part and all the stuff that comes with it, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But I think that I would have came in and honestly been distracted. 
you know, when I got to Howard, I was really, really focused on graduating with honors. I was really, really focused on getting a job out of school and being able to do the things that I wanted to do in my career. And I put those efforts into the type of organizations that I was in or the things that I spent my time doing, which I don't think, to be honest with you, had I gotten into Howard the first time would have been my priority. You know what I mean? So now, now you're at Howard, right? And you, it's everything you expected it to be. You're, you're pushing, you're raising the bar for yourself. Were there people around you that you felt like were raising the bar for you as well? It, was there someone or a group of people that, you know, really pushed you along the way? Yeah, well, I think it's just an energy. And I think you all can attest to it from going to Spelman. It's just like, there's this, everybody's going to get it, right? So there's times that even it makes you feel inadequate because you're like, dang, am I getting it like they're getting it? You know what I mean? There's just this energy around campus. Who's interning where? What you're doing here? What your professors have accomplished? You know what I mean? There's just this constant energy of excellence, right? And you want to keep up with it at all times. So it wasn't even necessarily people like pushing me, but more so the energy, the legacy, the atmosphere is kind of indescribable until you get in those settings. But as an HBCU alum, I'm sure you guys can attest to it. It's just like this, this energy that makes you like, I gotta, I gotta get it. Hey, your energy is electric. I can feel it. And you're taking me back to college, you know, and I started thinking about that balance and that excellence, that standard that the HBCU provides for all of us, like you said. And I know even though you said you were focused, we all were focused because you made it out with honors and you're very successful today. But what's your fondest memory? Like the probably the best thing that could have happened that you're just like, wow, you know, I will never forget that this happened while I was at Howard University. My most fond memory probably was right before I graduated. Um, we got the honor as journalism students to throughout the semester go to the White House and report. And this is when Obama, this was his last year. So my classmates were getting to go. It was based on like who was excelling in the class. And you know, I always felt frustrated because my professor, which I love to this day, Jennifer Thomas, she's always been like, you're such a great writer, you're such a great writer, you know, but I, she never picked me. And so I used to be in my feelings about the fact that I couldn't go to the White House because who doesn't want to say they went to the Obama White House and did a story? And so literally the last week of finals um, before I was about to graduate, my professor called me and said, we are letting one last person go and it's you. And I was like, so I got to go to the White House and cover uh, Michelle Obama's bring your uh, sons and daughters to work day. But I mean, again, I think the, you know, Obama administration in its own is magical to black people, right? But then being a college student, you know, then seeing Michelle Obama, it was just one of those moments for me that is just like, you know, that's something you tell your kids. So I, I, that was probably one of the biggest um, wow moments for me going to Howard for sure. So for, for those out there that are interested in potentially following your footsteps, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like for you um, throughout your matriculation in terms of making sure you were right on target for the career that you have today in broadcast journalism. What, what would someone need to do to get where you are? Everyone's journey is different. And that's one thing that I really do preach to kids when I go back. I go to Howard a lot and speak to the classes. And I, again, going back to that kind of, I'm looking at what so-and-so is doing and why is that not happening for me can sometimes almost stump you. So I, I tell everybody, everybody's journey is different. But one thing that I feel like 
made me different is I was really willing to do a lot of the stuff that people weren't willing to do. You know, when I was at Howard, I was in Spotlight Network, which was our student run news station. And I was always on the executive board and I was always trying to come up and I was always trying to learn as much as I could. You know, a lot of people decided to do other orgs or be social. And that for me meant on weekends, instead of going to parties, I was going out and reporting stories or covering an event because that was getting me the access and the opportunity to learn more. So those were like small things that I decided to do and just kind of going the extra mile when it came to my craft and trying to learn. I also, my three years at Howard was um, at WHBC, which is under WHUR, but it's a, a, um, a student run radio station. So I worked there my entire time. And that's where I fell in love with radio. Because for a while, when I first started, I thought, okay, I was going to do the traditional news thing and then go, because I, I never really wanted to do hard news. And I knew that. But I was like, okay, let me, you know, just kind of get in where I fit in and then try to branch off. And then when I started working at WHBC, I realized how much I loved radio. And so those were things though. I, I tried to make sure that everything that I was attached to or I was a part of was going to help build and give me a certain level of um, professionalism in my field. So. Wow, that sounds amazing. Sounds like you had an incredible opportunity to meet the first lady. So first of all, I would lead in every interview. Hi, my name is Leah, and I was at the White House <laughs> with Michelle Obama. So I'm sure that opened up doors. But on a serious note, uh, what was your big break? Because you're right, as a young child, people admire um, someone on television, news broadcasters. And I think about growing up in Houston, I think the person that was on the news probably was there for 20, 30 years. Like that's one of those jobs that when people are on the radio, they never leave. But so many people want to know, how do you get that job? How do you actually get a spotlight on the radio? How can you become an actual anchor on the news? So what do you say to that? And then what do you consider your big break in your career so far? Because you're still young and I'm sure the best is yet to come. But so far, what's your big break? I see. I don't even feel like, honestly, I've had a big break. I feel like I have definitely been blessed. I'm not discounting that. I feel like God has really um, placed me in these places. And a lot of, I always tell people it's not by anything that I've done is definitely by God and what he's ordained for me. So I, I try to be clear on that because um, certain things that have happened to me are almost unheard of. And I know that, you know what I mean? I don't know many 23-year-olds who get producer jobs at a top 10 Washington, D.C. news station fresh out of college. Like, that's unheard of. You know what I mean? Like, that's not um, typical. And that was my, you know, story. So, again, everything was kind of a, a little stepping stone because when I graduated high school, I mean college, I wanted to be a radio personality and nobody was picking up the phone call for my little demo that I had put together at college and I was, you know, really stressed out. And so I went the B route because my, my um, degree is in journalism. So I went um, to NABJ, which is the National Association of Black Journalists, which that is the plug right there, just for anybody who's emerging or trying to figure out or get a job in, in the field as a black person. But I went there, made some connections, and that's how I landed my first job at ABC7 in DC. And so there I was an entertainment producer of a live talk show. And then I met somebody who works at my now station. And I was like, can I just come in? I mean, I was working a full-time job as like a whole adult. I wasn't in college anymore, but I was like, can I just come in, you know, just to shadow, just to see, you know, I want to learn some more. Maybe I can figure out what I was doing wrong or why I didn't sound good or learn something, get something tangible, tangible out of, you know, coming in and just 
sitting there and seeing what you guys do. And from that point on, that's where my relationship with radio outside of college started. And so every, honestly, every situation I've been in or every opportunity that I've received has been me kind of getting through the door and just getting in my foot in the door. And that's what people used to tell us when they used to come to class, like, just get your foot in the door. And I used to be like, that's easier said than done. But now that I'm in the seat, I watched as, you know, literally just, you know, I've learned it's better to ask and be told no than to not ask at all. You know what I mean? Because you'd be surprised sometimes when asking again. I was grown by when I asked them to come shadow them at the radio station. They didn't have to say yes. You know, a lot of people are nice to interns because they're interns. But when you're a grown adult with a job, a lot of people don't have to be like, sure, come shadow me or, you know, and that was just something I was willing to do and not be paid for because I knew I wanted to get into radio. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love the fact that you're willing to just kind of keep on keeping on and you're willing to learn and, you know, you're open to doing things without pay. You know, I think a lot of people need to understand that too. You know, everyone wants a paid internship, but you're getting paid by people allowing you to use their time, right? And to learn their trade. So I love that. I really, really love that you shared. Now I'm looking in the background and I wanna know a little more about Leah's Lemonade. Tell us about that um, segment and what makes that so unique. So Leah's Lemonade was birthed from that opportunity um, that I had at that radio station. I went in and like I said, I was working, I was there for free and I was in the age demographic, which KYS is um, for. And so, you know, I would come in and be like, hey, did you guys see this on the internet? Or, oh, you know, people are talking about this. Maybe you guys should talk about this this morning. I was basically helping produce the show for free. And so I think that they realized that I was an asset. And so I guess they came to a point where they needed a comedic element. They were like, Leah, you're funny. Um, Come up with something. I was like, huh? And they were like, yeah, we want to put you on the radio, but just be funny. I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, I don't know. You come up with something, be funny. And I was like, okay so i like hang up the phone i call my professor i'm like they're telling me they want to put me on the radio but i don't even know what to do i was like what should i do what should i call the segment and she was like i just think you're funny like just talk like you would talk and talk about stuff and i was like i don't i don't know what that i was like what do i call it and my professor was like call it leah's lemonade for like alliteration and i was like i don't even like lemonade i don't even know if that's what i want to do I don't, I don't know about that. And she was like, maybe it's like more tart. Like my professor is really trying to sell me on this Leah's Lemonade thing. And I'm like, I'll see. I come to the station the next day. I was like, what if we call it Leah's Lemonade? They were like, oh, we love that. Oh my God, we love it. And I was like, okay. So um, I did that for a while on the morning show at KYS at the time. And then they got new management. The new manager was kind of like, I don't really know what this is. Not really feeling it. And then when, um, I was on the Quicksilver show maybe like two or three years ago. We brought it back, but as an entertainment segment. But that, even when I had been taken off of the morning show, that had followed me. That was my brand from that point on. Leah's Lemonade just kind of burst its own legs. And so that has been something that, you know, I dread the moment I think about like getting rid of it because it is like honestly consumed everything that my brand is. So like people literally know me for the lemons and the lemonade. And one day that's about to go. Cause I don't like, there are people who come up to me and go, Leah's Lemonade. And it's like, you know, you've built a brand when people call you by it, but that's not my name. My name is Leah Henry. So 
you know, but that's, that's what it is. And that's just kind of, that's the, the legs that it's grown. That's what Leah's Lemonade is, but it's my entertainment report, which I do um, on my Sunday show on KYS. And then I do it every night at 1030 on 92Q on Baltimore. Well, Leah, I've had the privilege of listening to you talk about the lemonade, not to be confused with the tea or the Kool-Aid. From this interview, I mean, it's what you're one of those people I can tell that's just naturally funny. Like you said, your steps were ordered and you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And kudos to you for being able to use your talent to make such an impression on everyone because everyone's listening to the radio everyone's now following you on social media including my daughter so ashley i have to tell you i had um, i took naya my 16 year old daughter to a college fair and just like she said she said there's leah's lemonade you know and i'm like what's going on before i could say anything she went up to her she was talking to her and they talked about howard and before you know it naya recruited leah to come to her high school and basically bring the entire radio station uh, to a pep rally. And they said it was the first time that it ever happened. And this was in less than seven days. And I just kind of talked to her saying, look, you know, we're an all girls school and we don't have a lot of people come from HBCUs for some reason. And Leah just said, that's it. You know, I'll be there. You just tell me when. And most of the time people say things and don't deliver. Like she didn't have to respond to the email and she gave her her phone number and she did it. So kudos to you because you're paying it forward. And what I love about what you just said is that as soon as you got that opportunity, the first person you called was your professor at Howard University. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing that you know that someone poured into you, you know, no pun intended with the lemonade, but they (laughs) poured into you and now you're pouring into other youth, you know, and, and you have to really be mindful and you know that you are a public figure. And so with everything going on in the media, you know, you talk about a lot of things and you have to pick and choose what you talk about based on your audience. What's your strategy there? Like when is something just too much for Leah's Lemonade? And when, how do you find something that's a good fit? Because every day is some kind of drama going on. Right, right. Um, Well, for me personally, I think that one of the things that makes me stand out from a lot of radio personalities that do um, entertainment reports is the fact that, you know, I do have a real journalism background. So with that being said, having worked in the news spectrum of media has tailored my news judgment in a different way compared to maybe other radio personalities who might not have that formal background with journalism. You know, I you know, one thing we learn in journalism is if you're going to repeat a story, there needs to be more meat to it. There needs to be more information. You need to be telling the the viewer, the audience, something more. So when I'm picking stories, there may be a story all day that we've all repeated, right? Like, I don't know, Tyler Perry's a billionaire, right? But if I'm going to say that and everyone's talked about it all day, well, maybe in my story, I'm going to include all his assets or I'm going to include the first quote that he said since the news broke or whatever the case may be. For me, it's always about giving my listeners something new. So when people listen to me, they're like, I know that when I listen to Leah's Lemonade, what she's going to tell me is not something that I could have looked up on my phone or something that I could have heard throughout the duration of the day. I'm tuning into her because she has the most fresh news of entertainment that's going to go on. And I think that that, again, comes from my formal background of entertainment. I mean, of news, you know, that those are kind of how I tailor my stories. But I don't, nothing's necessarily off limits unless I just feel like people don't care. So I try to keep people informed as much as possible, even when it's 
not the greatest, you know, thing in the world to talk about. If we got to talk about it, we got to talk about it, you know? So Leah, when you think back to the Leah that was coming into Howard, who was initially not accepted, who had a second chance and knowing where you are today, right? And not necessarily having the confidence that you did when you first started with your writing and where you were going. What would you say to Leah coming into Howard years ago? What would you tell that young lady if you had a chance? All the trials and tribulations are worth it. All, all of that, there's a reason. Um, and again, I, I discovered even as I graduated that I had to not get into Howard to really make Howard what I needed to make it. You know what I mean? And that was, you know, because when I first came, when I first came to Howard, I kind of resented some of my classmates who I saw slack off or fail classes or do stupid stuff. Because it was like, you know what I would have gave to have just been here the first time? You know what I mean? I was almost like idolizing the fact that I didn't get in for a while because it was like, I'm watching these people in here playing games or say they have piss poor grades and still got accepted because their essay was about adversity or whatever those things may have been, which didn't even matter because A, I got in later, you know what I mean? But B, you know, those, those things and me not getting into Howard truly shaped who I am and, and how I grind and what exactly is my motivation um, in my later years. So I needed all of that. I needed to not know, I needed to not be confident. You know what I mean? My professor that I said I called about the Leah's Lemonade thing, when I first got to Howard, she told me I was a great writer when I first started taking her classes. And I was shocked because again, I knew that writing was one of those things that was a struggle for me. So when she said that, you know, she 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 preaches that I'm a great writer. And I was like, I don't know, you know, maybe going to that PWI because it was a lot smaller and the courses were smaller really gave me the opportunity to cultivate my writing skills. And so again, even those small things, all I needed all of that to be where I'm at today. You know what I mean? I needed those, professors to come in and say you're a good writer for me to have a little bit more confidence I needed to fail to see that you know a failure is not the first thing because let's be real media there's a lot of no's I get told a lot more no's than I do yes you know what I mean there's it just takes one yes you know what I mean and that's I think the initial thing that I learned when I didn't get into Howard it was one no but I mean it was it was multiple no's but it took one yes for me to get in and now my degree that hangs on the walls is Howard Good for you. That's right. It only takes one yes. And I love that. That's my mantra, you know, to never mm -hmm. give up. And I'm glad that Howard University poured into you like that to not only I'm sure you had confidence because you have it, you have a lot of it, but to, it just does something to you and words can't really describe what yeah. experience is like uh, going to an HBCU. But the recurring thing that Ashley and I see with our guests is just excellent. So mm -hmm. you have um, done an amazing job at what you're doing and pouring it into others. And just from being in media and being on the radio station, you're at two stations you mentioned in this DC, Maryland area. Um, but I know you go around in the community, like I said, to pep rallies and things like that. Can you tell a story maybe where a student um, came to you and just talked about how you inspired them and how you made such an impact or maybe a student who said, hey, I want to be on the radio and I want to have Andrea's whatever, just like you have Leah's Lemonade. Can you talk about that? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, getting messages 
still because I'm not where I want to be in my career. You know what I mean? There's still room to grow. So just having people maybe shoot me a DM or say, you know, watching you had inspired me or getting responses from fellow radio personalities being like, hey, you gave me the confidence to start a podcast. I wasn't even going to do it anymore. Even those small conversations with people really, really, really motivate me because again, my I'm not where I want to be right now. So just having those small reminders from people is just a really, really humbling experience to be like, okay, Leah, you know what I mean? This There's a bigger picture in all of this. I had a friend, it's funny that I'm actually holding this, this is random, um, but this is an Oprah Winfrey pin because um, my, I love Oprah. Oprah is one of my biggest, I call her my mom. Oprah is one of my um, biggest inspirations. And when my friend sent me this, cause she got in some subscription box, she wrote, um, I can't wait for the day that I hear a little girl say, I want to be the next Leah Henry. And that almost brought me to tears because again, I'm not doing that so people can say that. But even the thought of having someone be so inspired by my journey that they would want to do this and pursue this, you know what I mean? It just really, um, again, humbles me. And it also just puts me in the mindset that God has indeed really aligned this for me. Because so many things have happened that, again, for me, that are not heard of in this industry. So, again, having Anaya come up to me at, uh, you know, at HBC Fair. Mind you, I wasn't there for Howard. I wasn't there for the radio station. I was there helping my friend's nonprofit organization for her to be like, you're Leah from the radio. That's still shocking to me because I'm Leah Henry to me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't take this platform as something that is just... Um, I, one, I don't take it lightly because I do know that there's a responsibility that comes with it, but I also don't take it that serious in my mind that I walk around too good to, you know, acknowledge anybody. And that's why I went to Nice Pep Rally. And that's why anytime I am invited to do something in the community, give back or, you know, talk to kids or do that, it's important because again, that representation matters. I am a black woman, but not only that, I'm a plus size black woman. There are not a lot of women like me in this industry. So it's 10 times harder to be a black woman to wait to be black, then to be a woman, but then to be plus size. There are three barriers that I already have to dig through as a woman in this industry. So for me to go to a school, there was a little girl at Nia School, matter of fact, who looked just like me. And I kid you not, like it scared the hell out of me when we looked at the picture side by side because a little girl came up to me and was like, oh, so-and-so. She was like, oh, I thought you were my friend. And at the end of the pep rally, she came over and when I saw her face to face, I was like, we don't look alike. Then we took a picture next to each other. And I was like, did I birth this little girl myself? Because we look alike. But again, seeing someone who looks like you doing something that you probably never thought you could do is important. That representation matters. That's why Chadwick was important to our kids. You know what I mean? Those things are, are super vital for black people and black children. So it's, it's really important to me to always give back, to always go to the community, to always talk to kids, because again, a small conversation could change the course of someone's entire life. And you know what, Leah, you being a part of HBCU Highlights is giving back. There are so many people that listen in to our podcast that are watching that are like, wow, I can do it too, because Absolutely. this woman's doing it. So, and you're so humble. I love that about you. You're very humble, but you're, you're blazing trails and, you know, we're watching you and we, we expect you to continue, you know, growing and, and going and doing great things. So those of us that want to keep following you, um, where can we find you? What are your social media handles? You know, talk to me about your station, your websites, wherever we can find you, let us know because we want to follow you. Okay, so make sure y'all follow me on social media 
at Leah A. Henry, L-E-A-H-A Henry, H-E-N-R-Y. You can also go to my website, leahahenry.com, where I'm selling my It's the Melanin for Me t-shirt. Don't forget that. Um, and then you can catch me on KYS on Sundays, 2 to 7, on the Sunday Funday show with me, Leah Henry, and 92Q every Monday through Friday, well, Monday through Thursday, 10.30, doing Leah's Lemonade. So if you're in the DMV areas, catch me there. And I've been doing interviews all quarantine long with different celebrities. So again, on my social media at Leah A. Henry. You can catch those there on my website. That's where all my interviews are as well. And my YouTube, which is also youtube.com slash Leah A. Henry. Think of Leah A. Henry for everything and you'll be able to find me. All right. Well, we will be looking out for more things to come because it seems to me that you've had your big break. But if you're saying there's more, I will be following Leah A. Henry and cannot wait uh, to find out about the lemonade. And Ashley and I want to thank you so much for joining us as a guest on HBCU Highlights. And for everyone listening for more amazing interviews like this, check us out at hbcuhighlights.com and also subscribe to our podcast and newsletter and follow us all over social media at HBCU Highlights. Leah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like you said, representation matters and you have represented tonight for Howard University, for all the broadcast journalism students, and for all the young students who look like you, who are aspiring to be on the television, on the radio, or just a force to be reckoned with in media like you are. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is incredible. Again, go to HBCUs. It don't got to be Howard. We just got to go and cultivate our community in spaces where we're respected and we're loved and our intelligence and our community and custom and culture is loved. And this is important. So thank you ladies for creating a platform because there is a kid on the verge of trying to decide whether they should go to an HBCU because that's all they, I mean, a PWI because that's all they know. But this, you know, platform is giving them the opportunity to hear from a spectrum of alum who can tell you why you should go to HBCU. All right. Thank you. I couldn't have said it better. You heard it here from Leah Henry. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on HBCU Excellence.